Hey, Adam. What? Remember that great advice I gave you? No. Oh, well, tune in today. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Coming at you today, we have some speak pipes. Thank you, everybody, for sending in your speak pipes. Yes. We have a lot going on. We put the call out. We did. And they the, the call came back. Call's <laughs> still out, by the way. Call's still out. We're always taking more. We're getting so many. We're even getting some bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. At first, it was all only good ones. We're still a pretty good ratio, though. We are at a really great right. ratio, and we really appreciate it. You can go to youllhearit.com to leave us your speak pipe. I shouldn't say bad ones. Now I'm going to scare people off again. Not bad. Just ones that, like, sometimes we get ones where we don't really know. You know, yeah. like, we'll get a request for a solo analysis or talk about an artist that you and yeah. I are both, like, do you know anything mm-hmm. about them? Or I like, know. They're actually great questions. Yeah, they're great questions. <laughs> yeah. Just it's, bad for us. It's a podcast I'd like to listen to. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, anyway, today we have a speak pipe from friend of the show, uh, Open Studio member Drew in California. Let's All check right. it out. Hey, Peter. Adam. This is Drew from California. I'm an open studio student and you'll hear it listener. Love the podcast, 32 star form. My question is, what is some of the best advice you have received from your mentors, teachers, and peers? You guys are always sharing such great ideas and tips to focus on, and I would love to know what bits of advice have really stuck with you over time. Thanks. I mean, it's a good question. Most of this advice we've already shared on this <laughs> podcast yeah, over the it, years. Well, you know? during the first week, back yeah, exactly. <laughs> when we first started, we kind of went through everything. No, uh, but this is, yeah, I think a lot of, and I think we, we, we're, we, we're pretty good about crediting. We try to as we go. Um, a lot of the information that we pass along is certainly stuff that was bestowed upon us at, mm. at critical times and things that we've talked about. And we realized sort of resonated with each of us individually. And then it's fun when you talk about it. It's like, oh, cool. You sort of believe in that, too. Then it just strengthens the ideas. Um, but I know, I, I mean, I've been such a beneficiary of, of so much great information. And Drew Drew from Cali, what's up, West Coast? We're getting a lot of West Coast love lately. Mm-hmm. Is the podcast released at a different time because it's a different time zone no, there? What's it's, happening? it's not at all. Okay. I have no There's idea. Smart people. There's just there. a lot of folks in California. <laughs> That's true. Um but I, I love how you said uh, different advice from mentors, teachers, and peers. Because a lot of times we, th- we remember back to the mentors, to our teachers, our parents, things like that. But peers, absolutely. Like that's, you know, I think there's so much to learn from, from each other. And, and what I love about jazz is like you always get that feeling that you're among your peers even when you're not. Yeah. You know, I remember like older jazz musicians that I got a chance. We've talked about this play play with here in St. Louis, and then when I went to New York and stuff, they 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 make you feel like you're their peer, which gives you some confidence. You're not their At peer all. because they're way better than you. Yeah, it's so true. But but there is that kind of welcoming thing and that that artistic community thing, which is great. Yeah, yeah, and then it's kind of up to us as you get older to to spread that love around you know and be, right. be open yeah well let's be, try to do that today all right okay, do well, you think we could do seven i, I think we, we have well. seven and that. an ultimate oh, oh that's right we've been doing Number our ultimate seven is tips. the ultimate all right the ultimate. Uh, our first one is obvious Listen, listen, <laughs> always number one and something that we preach here for a reason. It's because it's been <laughs> it's been preached in, in us uh, probably our whole musical careers. Yeah, that it's the most important thing. And a little pro tip here. This is actually the ultimate one. Yeah. So you're welcome to sit, stick around and listen to the ultimate. But this is we're giving you number one is the ultimate. Um, and I'm trying to think like I heard this from all my all my teachers, um, uh, 
peers. You know, I think the way you hear this from peers in terms of listen is this whole thing of like, man, have you heard that record, that Joe Henderson record? Have you heard the new Robert Glasper? You know, that's really your peers teaching you and saying, listen, that's more like to explore different things. And I think that's a, that's a, a way that we can kind of do it in an ongoing fashion. Yeah, we're going sans, sans headphones. Why yeah. not? Um, is, you know, yeah, there's, of course, the listen to yourself, listen to the classic recordings, but make it an ongoing thing. That's yep. that's the advice, you know. Always be open. Listen live. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're lucky enough to be somewhere um, that has great music, and, you know, we struggle with this ourselves. There's almost too much great stuff happening in St. Louis now that we have time. But, I mean, I know how inspired we've we've gotten in different situations when you hear some magical music live there's mm-hmm. nothing like that it's so true yeah, i mean it's always number one for a reason because it, it always does the most for not just your playing but for you as a person you know what i mean like yeah. we're, we're musicians because we love music and so the more we listen to music and to each other as we play the better everything is absolutely uh, my uh, first one was something i was hanging out at a jazz festival in Minnesota somewhere, uh-huh. northern Minnesota, and a uh, great trumpeter, Avishai Cohen, was playing, and in his band was Jeff Ballard, and somehow, you know, there wasn't much to do, so we ended up in a hang somewhere in a hotel yeah. room or something, and I remember, and I was pretty young, and Jeff Ballard said something, we were, you know, talking about the universe and music or whatever, and he said something about, uh, really, the audience's imagination fills in most of the music for us as we are performing and that for some reason it was like more impactful than just like play less Mm. you know what i mean just imagining the audience listening to the music you make and sort of creating something for for their imagination to fill in always leads me in a a great space when i perform and i I still think about that probably i don't know 12 13 years later after that weird conversation with jeff ballard and also i i just saw jeff ballard with uh, the brad meldow trio a couple weeks ago and my man plays a lot. <laughs> like, he's always, like, switching things up or whatever. So I'm like, what is going on in that guy's so head? So did you yell out at the show, hey, we're filling it in. We're no, filling but, it in. I mean, everything he does is so tasteful. Yeah. And, like, he's just a big texture machine, yeah. on, you know, and uh, it's incredible. And so you can, you can hear him thinking like this, that the audience fills in really specifics. And, and he's, he's, I don't know, he just lays this blanket of, like, imagination for his audience and uh it's it's always been really inspiring i don't know if i've ever gotten i obviously haven't gotten towards you know his level of of being able to do that but i think about that um some reason it's just more impactful than just like play less right you know? right right, right. Yeah. less is more man yeah yeah oh, that's great love it all right well number three i'm gonna put out there um some great advice that i got early on which was learn solos by ear hmm. And I think everybody knows, you know, transcribe solos, that's great. And we say transcribe even when we mean learn them. But I remember um, I was told, and this really came from Wynton Marsalis. I'd heard it from some other people too, but when I met him, I was pretty young. And he was really good uh, as far as like giving specific uh, advice, mm. you know. And he and he told me, he's like, check out uh, Thelonious Monk's solo on Bag's Groove. Mm. And he's like, learn that solo. He's like, don't even worry about transcribing. He's just like, learn it by ear. And so he said that I was like, okay, I I was like, well, this guy's good and he's got a gig with the symphony. So I'll try it. Why not? And I had never even heard Thelonious Monk, but I got the recording and I was like, let me try and see if I can do this. And I I don't know. He probably really thought through was like, well, this is sophisticated enough yet simple enough that might actually be doable. But just like getting in that mindset of 
let me try to play the music by ear. Let me not think about it from the standpoint of how it is on the page. Really put me now. I was sort of trained before that through the Suzuki method. I didn't realize this at the time, but to already be thinking about that and like, like that's great when you have these like the Suzuki method. I think is amazing for young kids be, because before they can really intellectualize advice. Yeah, it's just sort of put on them. Yeah, you know. And so I was prepped a little bit, but that has been some of the best advice. And so I always gravitate. I teach that. Yeah, you know, we preach that here. We do. Yeah, we give a lot of transcriptions because we've because we've been bent by the masses. But <laughs> learn solos by ear, even if it's one phrase, if it's one course, whatever you can do, it just puts you in a whole nother place in connection with that. You're just artist. getting more out of it. You're, yeah. you're learning things you don't know. You know my so funny this weekend my son is seven and he has we have some you know bastion piano books he's about to start some classical lessons soon and he has just kind of picked stuff out on his own from reading the books yeah and he was learning like he was literally playing mary had a little lamb Mm -hmm. and i was like i know he knows the tune so i closed the book and i was like can you just play it yeah and he started to do that and you could just see things starting to pop off yeah of like oh i'm connected to music via you know this this audible thing not yeah. a book or whatever so it, it is an important thing to start yeah yeah i remember i do that with with high school big man sometimes when i do a coaching thing there you the kids are like buried in the page because totally. they're like i can't and so i tell them everybody turn your music stands around yeah and i was like now play the same thing and they're all like no, there's no way we're gonna be able to do it and then they play and realize that they're pretty much playing the same yeah you know and that they can do it. it's just a matter of you just have to it's, you change your mindset. Sometimes you have to force somebody's mindset to change. Exactly. And then, and then you have the realization. Good. All right, what do you got for number four? For number four, I have uh, some really good practical advice that was given to me when I was at the new school by a great teacher named Hal Galper, great pianist. And uh, this always stuck with me. This is actually something I still teach people who are having a hard time getting like a good feel. Mm-hmm. And that's to, to play a second line snare drum solo yeah. in your head. As you're soloing, you know, all those, you know, funky syncopations, whatever, and use those rhythms in your solo, but only play a third of the notes that are happening in your head, right? So just pick out like, that kind of rhythmic thing. And all of a sudden now you're punching in the air. You know what I mean? Now you're creating these little phrases, just all swinging. It all feels like jazz. And so he, he, that's something that uh, I still think about today. I I don't really do it as much when I play, but I still tell my students if they're having problems with like, listen to some second line bands, like listen to that snare drum player, uh, be able to, to kind of like, Take your solo on the snare drum and leave out most of the notes. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, Hal Galper, he's like oh, he's like an OG hack for <laughs> how to how to play syncopation. So I like man. it. Cool. All right, so that's four. Okay, it's number five. I have um, some great advice that I got from my father, Bill Martin, um, and that is to be productive. And by this, um, you don't say. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know. Always have the mindset, especially in terms of like writing and arranging and learning solos or whatever, is to be doing something within the music. You know, like and, and what it what it did was like he and and you, you know it really is part of a whole mindset of like, are you going to spend your time like theorizing about music and thinking about what is the best things that you could do, or are you going to actually do something? Yeah, you know, and we think of like pro- productivity sometimes as being the opposite of creativity and it really isn't like we think about if you're a factory worker old school like you have to be productive you have to make x number of widgets a day but in terms of like music 
a lot of times we use this as uh, as, as a barrier that we're going to go against that. So we're going to wait for the perfect muse to come to us. We're going to wait for the perfect idea. We're going to wait until we have like that intersection of inspiration and desperation or whatever. But in, in essence, like great artists create stuff great musicians if you want to be great you got to do stuff you yep. got to be productive and, yep. and and at first you're going to be producing crap but how are you ever going to get to the mountaintop if you don't you know you don't just wait and wait and then and get great training and then one day become herbie hancock that's not how it works yep 99 percent of great artists get up and just go to work every day that's right and that's what they do and then hopefully you know one percent of what they create is good enough to make it to, right. to the public you know what i mean that's how it works and especially if you have like highly you know high, you know high aspirations and stuff if you want to really get to something great and by great i mean like your story yeah as great as you can be yeah yeah you got i always think about that scene and have you seen shawshank redemption i know this is one of your favorite movies <laughs> you know the escape scene he, and remember he's like you got to go through a lot of beep in yeah. order to get and then you cut you you're working your way through all that that sewage and then you come out and then you're there, you know. Yep. And so, but you have to do the work to get there. And no so one just like, sits around with a bottle of wine <laughs> and a bunch of grapes <laughs> waiting for the perfect solo to happen. That's right. Yeah. right. I did try that one time and it, nothing happened. I mean, I tried every <laughs> night. But oh, the, the wine and the grapes. That's a little, that's, that's a lot of grapes. Too grapey. That. That's too good. Grapey. <laughs> uh, okay. My number six is actually advice from you. You didn't give this to me directly, but I've seen this, enough, I've seen you teach enough lessons <laughs> to know. Uh, this is something that you talk about all the time, and it really is true. You know, uh, the the piece of advice is a strong sense of time is more important than the notes you play. Mm. Uh, that's paraphrasing, you know, several ideas that you've you've <laughs> spewed about this concept. But it's true. You can play very simple uh, harmony, very simple melodic content, and if your sense of groove, if your sense of time, if the rhythm is strong it's going to land so much stronger. And yeah. I mean, it's really something to remind ourselves as we get caught up with, oh, like, what's the hippest scale I can do over this? I mean, what's the voicing? What, I mean, whatever. Play I love that voice, man. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. <laughs> hey, are we going to play jazz in here? Or are we going to play some jazz? What's going on? No, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. play a triad, but play it so freaking groovy that nobody can help but feel great. Like, right. And Keith Jarrett has sold several million solo piano records based on that concept. Dude. But seriously. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Well, I have to say um, that that I think that I really look all these ideas were always passing around. You know, I didn't come up with that, but it I, it, I do believe in it, and I like to reiterate it because I because it's it's just so important in terms of connecting with the audience too. And I really became aware of this through doing some workshops where we were both teaching together with Christian McBride. And it's always fun because, you know, we don't really talk about music in a, in a way that's so specific until you get into a situation where you're actually teaching people together. But, you know, he was just talking about how his certain type of music that you play as like a band leader or even just as part of a group in front of an audience, like are people tapping their toes? Like that's the bottom line. Yeah. <laughs> like we can talk about scales and chords and all that. And that's an important part about it. Totally. But when you're playing in like a groove, either a backbeat or a shuffle or a swing or it, really any kind of groove that has a strong groove element to it, any kind of time feel, then you better have some people tapping their toes. That's our responsibility to do that. Totally. And so, you know, it's not that we don't think about the notes. Of course we do. But it's better to play, as you said, simple, but right in that group. I always believe that. Totally true. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, before we get to our ultimate tip, yeah. let's just mention that today's episode of the You'll Hear It podcast is brought to you by Open Studio. It is. It is. You can go to openstudionetwork.com. You can also go to just youllhearit.com to check out our blog. 
That's right. A lot of the, free stuff. The the blog is its own entity now, floating out in, in the, <laughs> on the, on the internet. There's a lot of good stuff on that blog, though. We've worked hard on it over the years. Oh, I know. So oh, you want to tell me, buddy? <laughs> I agree. Man. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm all too in. Too much good stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm all in on I the blog. I went back to my jazz one. Too <laughs> yeah, much. No, 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 it is. It's a lot of fun there. Go there. And, um, you know, we, we're going to start putting some different calls out so that people understand what's happening here. But if you like the blog, if you like this podcast, how about share it with a friend? How about do that right now? Oh, yeah. In fact, don't even worry about the seven-star review. I mean, you, you can do that later. Buddy, let's not today, get Let's make today share share some love, Dave. I mean, if you want to do a seven-star review. Yeah, you know, of course you can God, do it. God, but how about share, share it because you, our valued listener, are our best ambassadors. Uh, we don't advertise for this podcast, you know, because we don't know how to, and we wouldn't know where to, <laughs> quite frankly. No, but if you want, if if you like what you're hearing, maybe send an email, you know, send a tweet, send a Facebook message, yeah. a WhatsApp, a WhatsApp. Is that what that's called? I don't think yeah. so. What's okay? Well, well, WhatsApp, man. I have no um, idea what that is. Actually, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, WhatsApp. You don't do WhatsApp. I don't do what WhatsApp. Oh, you must not communicate with many Brazilian musicians because they love. They are all about the WhatsApp. And French too. I love it how like certain countries latch on to these apps. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. and you start getting messages from folks and you're yeah. like, why is all my Belgian friends using this one? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so this brings us to our ultimate tip. Which is? The ultimate advice. I mean, this is a lot like, you know, to put on because this is our life's advice. But this one is one that actually came to me, well, was reminded to me from the Bill Murray documentary that I just saw, which is brilliant. Check that out on Netflix. Big shout out to Netflix. Keep mm. on documenting. Mm. Um, but they, uh, you know, Bill Murray, it, I won't go through the whole thing with the movie, but basically he's this amazing, you know, actor, of course, renowned Academy Award winning and all that. But um, he, the whole movie is about how he engages with people. And so the advice I, I just want to take from this is for jazz is engage with the jazz community. So what this means is like go sit in. Go meet other musicians. Put yourself out there. If you're a young person or any age and you you want to do this as your profession, you're like, I want to be a jazz musician, put yourself out there. Don't like wait and sit in the practice room and, and just send emails to people and texting, whatever. Go out and actually talk to people. Go out and play with people. Put yourself out there on the line. And it's hard because, you know, it's scary because you're like, I suck and I don't want anyone to hear me. But this is really good advice, I think, for everybody. First of all, you're never as bad as you think you are, mm-hmm. and nobody else is ever as good as you think that they are. Totally. So without engaging with other musicians in the community, and, and I can say that this jazz community is very open and very um, open to engagement, and it's a very loving place, but you have to really put yourself out there. So whenever you're thinking, like, should I do this or not, or let me, let me think about, would this be a good opportunity? D- yeah, do it. I mean, unless you're doing so many different gigs. And look, we always talk about this to be like, oh, you're going to go check out such and such. Oh, I don't really. Yeah, let's do it. Like, we yeah. always default to like let's try to do it let's try to be a part of that because um that's how things happen i mean this stuff is not made in isolation so and, and that's what you're going to learn it's so true you know i always talk about these th- these three most important things for learning anything uh and and especially music uh is good private instruction or mentorship the first two are obvious like that's the first yeah. one uh pr- private practice like being able to practice yourself yeah. Obviously, you need that to learn anything. But the one, the third one that I think people sleep on is this one: yep. is to find a community of people to become a part of. You know, those relationships you make, the things you can learn from peers, you know, are so important. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, there you go. Yeah, uh, we do have a, a song, a listener tune on the way out. Send your uh, send your listener tune if you want to hear it at the closing credits to Andrew at OpenStudioNetwork.com. Today's tune is 
Veldeslat. That is not the correctly pronounced, but I can't tell you how it's supposed to be pronounced. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, do you want to take a swing? <laughs> V-E-L-B-E-S-L-A-A-T-T. There's now, why two A's and two T's? Uh, this is from uh, Oskol Fjara. That's Norwegian for prosperous Veldeslat. Uh, yeah, so thank you, Oskol. You'll hear it. <laughs>